Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. What's in your heart, Red? I'm not going to fight you on it. Oh, you never want to fight a dog. Oh, scary. Well, no, uh, you know. I'm imagining also getting him an adorable sweater. Jack Page from the Nightstone 4. And it's meta, not meta. Is that correct? What the hell? What the hell? What the hell? It's in the back of the throat. Yeah, I wouldn't. Have, I couldn't have got there before. You're right. Guys, yeah. it's going to be fine. Look here. Here, Kraloth. Is this the gun club? This is where we're meeting Hargnath, right? Harshnag, yes. Good try. Harshnag. <laughs> I, I figure you if you guys. say anything with enough it. conviction, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes you can get away with it. That's his name now. Welcome back to Dice Shame. This is episode 91, Wine and Dine. MVP this week is Lauren Klein, a longtime friend and fan who just started listening. Thanks so much. Can't wait till you catch up. If you've listened to 91 episodes of Dice Shame and you haven't given us a review yet, please take a second to do just that. Whatever podcatcher you use, wherever you listen, it's the easiest way to say thank you for the content you enjoy. We love making this show for you, but it is seriously hard work, and your positive feedback really makes it all worthwhile. Even if you think we don't notice, we notice. All right, you want to play some D&D? Yes! So Harlan and I were at the cottage this past weekend, it was just the three of us, and partway through the afternoon, Harlan was like... You know there's a bow here, right? Like bow and arrows. Huh? Oh, yeah. No way. So oh, we pulled them out. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, hold on. There's background in, important here because you taught archery. No kidding. I, summer camp. Oh, yeah. When I was like 17 years old, probably, I was the archery counselor for mm. a, like a 
portion of the summer. Yeah. Well, there you are. Class trainer. And what was your worst life experience using a bow? Oh, I didn't rotate. I killed seven animals. I didn't rotate <laughs> the uh, arm bone in oh, my arm. You know the bone yeah. that's in there? And it's I supposed actually, to, though. I actually hit my elbow Ow. a bunch of times with a drawstring and I drawstring a bunch of times with the like the fuck is it called bowstring the g string (laughs) (laughs) Um, i don't know anything about archery (laughs) so badly that i burst a lot of blood vessels in my arm and so there was like this black mark with a crazy bruise so you weren't an expert trainer (laughs) i I was part of the bullseye club okay but i absolutely shamed myself this weekend because Harlan <laughs> hit the bullseye three times, taking three shots. So he's an epic archer, true to form with red. Epic. And mine go into the lake. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Much larger target, a lake. Mm-hmm. That's true. Much easier to hit. Yeah, low DC. I did also take AC. Th- a video of you trying to get the uh, arrows out of the lake, huh? just yeah. in case you fell for posterity's sake. And that's where I thought this conversation was going this morning, and maybe it it will just go there. How many of you have partners that encourage the other to make mistakes or, or fall when they're trying to get up? Because I filmed her? Oh. No. I, the reason being, the reason I filmed her was because it was in the water. And I want to I want to start off by saying I was wrong ultimately. But I was thinking it would be smarter to take the canoe and just get it from the water side. And she was like, no, no, I can get it. No, I wasn't. It was, it was definitely, I mean, you ended up getting it. But in I was just nervous. So I was like, okay, I'm taking this. As record for me saying, I think this is a bad idea, yes. so that if you do fall in, I can say I was right. So, well, so there was a fall-in law. Still bad, but <laughs> it's very yeah. supportive. Very supportive. The values are lined up. We right. have to describe the situation. There was a fall-in log that was <laughs> yeah. like partially submerged in the water mm-hmm. near to where the arrow was lodged. And I crawled out on precariously. This, precariously, yes. <laughs> I crawled out on this partially submerged fallen log. Um and grabbed it with mm. another, I, another stick. Another yeah. stick. A truly bold uh, move, if I must uh, say. But again, I want to say that I was, I was wrong. You totally <laughs> had it. You handled it. You, you did it. And Henry was so impressed. Very. Sir Nugget was so impressed. Sir Nugget, right? Yeah. <laughs> the reason, actually, I wanted to talk about this is because after the bow and arrow debacle, and I decided I wanted to put it away. <laughs> I was like, I was but I hit all three of, of my shots. You're like, we're done. <laughs> we're done playing. I was like, okay. No, I didn't want to lose any arrows um, in the woods, and I spent quite a bit of time searching for <laughs> everything I was shooting. None of my but arrows. Then, then, and then I got to shoot a pellet gun for the very first time. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, that was the first time, eh? Yeah. Oh. No recoil, it awakened something no in her. I liked it. It was yeah. very interesting. Oh, I've, you awakened your inner gun nut. I've never fired a gun before. I think she awakened her inner redneck. Oh, <laughs> yar. We started shooting some pirate. beer cans, and she Yee-hoo! just looks at me with like a huge grin, and she's like. I like this. Yeah, I like doing this. We're going to need more beer cans. With the pump action, mm-hmm. I wasn't strong enough in the correct way to like pump it entirely um, without like leverage from the, the railing on the deck. Mm. But uh, I wanted to ask <laughs> if any of you guys have ever fired like an actual gun. Are you guys, do you like guns? What is your We're stance? gun nuts here. No, we're not. I used to be very anti- the idea of and guns. now you look at me with a huge grin, being like, "I like this." No, this but I could, mm-hmm. I could potentially I mean, see myself going to a firing range once or twice yeah, in my life. 
Growing up, yeah. the gun club was a big place to go because my grandparents were into into like skeet shooting and stuff, and so it was just mm, the cool. venue for things because they were part of the club and could rent it out. Real, Who's skeet? Real easy, so hanging out there. Skeeter. Yeah, it was it was just called the gun club, but it it was you know this clubhouse with a bunch of skeet shooting. <laughs> so it wasn't a clever name. No, no, it was. I mean, look, you, you're growing up in the. What the hell do they do there? <laughs> things are pretty pretty straightforward. You don't have to differentiate too much. It's not. Is this the gun <laughs> you know, club? Sir, put your muscles away. But it was pretty. So recently, there was a a thing for work where they they instead of like oh it's a golf tournament they they brought everybody out to this gun club around here and it was kind kind of like golf but it was all these different skeet shooting stations so they'd have all the little clay pigeons flying in weird ways or bouncing on the ground or whatever and you had to try and shoot them. It was pretty fun. Brilliant. Now see what they're really now see what they're really doing is they're secretly training you. I mean, your your office is like well. There might be an outbreak, and we want to make sure we're fully equipped. It's like subtle training. I, I mean, it, Rob it was is like a secret yeah. operative. Yeah. yeah, we just He's don't want to like activate secret him with a phrase. Agent sleeper Rob, agent. Yeah. if everything goes to shit, oh, we're protecting the water. That's so important. <laughs> it was pretty fun. I don't own any guns or anything, but it was nice to go fire a shotgun. I destroyed my shoulder the first time because it was oh. uh, you know oh, no. an hour of firing a whole bunch of yeah things. It it. Uh, has a big impact. Alex, you fired guns too in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, 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 I did. I shot automatic <clears throat> weapons. Oh, shit. That's next level. That, that's some scary shit. And you don't, there's no purpose for those. You mean fully automatic? Fully automatic. Uzi. There's semi automatic, which is like bam, yeah, bam, yeah, you bam, just bam and fully to shoot. automatic. No, fully boom. automatic. That's like, scary stuff. Yeah, though. machine I guns. I, I was shooting. That's a lot of clay pigeons. Yeah. We're going to sound so Canadian to the American listeners. Being oh, like, yeah, for wow, sure. I fucking shot a Matic on you last night yeah. when I was cooking dinner. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's really no need for a gun like that unless you're in war. Yeah. Agreed. You know? Dice no. Shame is against fully automatic firearms. Unsubscribe now. You're never going to be hunting a rabbit. Just be like, if I can't get it with my first shot, I'm going to chase it down with bullets. <laughs> I mean, you could be. <laughs> Mow down the forest. It's always fun to go after an intro, see what the comments are. And so this one is just going to be yeah. everybody telling us what kind of guns they've shot, which is very yeah. different from what shot of candy you enjoy. But, you know, what... It's good yeah. to have. I mean, it's the same secret guns, right? Yeah. Secret guns. I got one. I smack my table. But I have shot a shotgun before, and and I'm not sure at a gun club if it's much different, but it probably is because you're supposed to wear ear- hearing mm-hmm. protection, right? Mm-hmm. When I when I first shot a shotgun, I was out in the woods, no no ear protection or anything. It was the loudest thing I'd ever heard. I was like, holy crap, this is something else. I've never I've never fired a shotgun, but when I was maybe eight. I went to uh, Ducks Unlimited, which is like a conservation oh, group yeah. uh, here in Ontario. And um, is it Canada wide or is it? Shot uh, as many I'm ducks confused. As Why? <laughs> Hold on. I think it's Canada. I got to know where an eight year old going yeah. to a conservation area ends I with don't... gunfire. I'm very excited. <laughs> well, so this is the thing. This is the weird thing about Ducks Unlimited. I guess it's teaching you responsible hunting. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, all that stuff. But I don't remember anything. I, I just remember them handing me a rifle and, and you know. And then everything goes black. <laughs> more, like, more like Ducks Unlimited. Limited, am I right? <laughs> I mean, ducks limited. But for the sure. funny wow. thing is, is so I have a story from that time that I've always told as truth. <laughs> but now I'm questioning whether or not, like, I remember table. it as truth. But was it something that I created in my imagination as a little boy to be like, whoa, like this really cool thing happened? <laughs> well, really cool thing. I I fired it, 
And I swear to God, I remember firing the gun and being really nervous and not wanting to hurt anything. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I fire, a crow falls out of the air behind the target. (gasps) Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. So, but I don't remember if that happened. I'm going to say it's true. Well, it happened. It happened? It happened. Crow murder. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. It happened. The saddest story about like, don't point a gun at things you don't want to hit. So my, my, we've got a pellet gun out at the lake when we, when we were kids. And I think my brother and I were probably like six and eight or eight and 10 or something. And we're shooting cans off or whatever. And my brother just picks this bird. And Graham was like, he was never going to hit. Hasn't hit a can all day. Hasn't hit a damn thing. And uh-huh. doesn't he hit the robin as it's sitting on the bench? Oh. I was like, oh, come on. Don't point a gun at something you don't want to shoot, I think was the lesson. Don't so point a gun. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard not to. I've only fired a gun once, and it was like a twenty two or something at the cottage. And oh. it was I think I fired it into the lake, and uh, it's one of oh. Grandpa's old weapons. No, fishing. like Joe style. Yeah, I, know, like, that. I purposely shot it into the lake because <laughs> no, I, I didn't want to shoot yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I was just I like, that. what the Yeah, because yeah, it was just like, what the hell? I'm not gonna shoot anything else. But I don't know, man. There is definitely a very powerful fear surrounding guns. Yeah, you know totally. I mean? And I recognize the urge totally. for people to be like, they're just tools, but I kind of don't agree with that. I think it's more like, no, no. Like, guns are used for a very specific reason at a very specific time. They, yeah. It is scary, though. Like, it reminds me of when I hold, like, a power tool. Like, if I've got a, yeah. uh, like a circular saw in my hand, and it, like and it's plugged in yeah. and everything. I'm like, oh, I gotta pl- unplug this thing. I gotta put it down. Yeah, like you gotta have respect for shit like that. Yeah. Safety first, everyone. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think for whatever reason, I think Dad really installed that into you and I. I don't know how Just installing <laughs> downloaded. And- uh, well, he he told us the story of when he was young and uh, his friend was showing him his dad's gun and he like pointed it at him oh yeah right, to be funny it was like loaded oh shit and it, it was just like yikes oh scary and my dad's like well, well it's not just that but like everything i'm very like i have a barbecue now and like i'm very nervous to make sure the propane's off and like joe bought me a little handhold yeah a handheld propane torch for like searing steaks last year which is amazing but like i'm so hyper nervous around using it you know what i mean i have this great reverence for like and powerful mm. tools of any kind whether they be blow torches or or guns and i'm and like i don't think enough people do i totally right agree right. but that's what i'm saying that I, I know you and i know me for whatever reason because i've seen you barbecue and being just as weird about it and i don't yeah. know why but we were instilled with a great sense of that we're like well, okay yeah. just be careful even when henry's around you know i'm like just stand back while i like the Definitely. barbecue i don't know why you could just cast cure wounds and everything <laughs> worst comes yeah. to worst <laughs> I mean, remove disease, or, or if you really need to get there, Henry, call your uncle Justin. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Crayla, don't worry, Henry. If I could just zero hit points, he can revive me full. <laughs> Speaking of cure wounds, who here wants to play some D and D? Do it, Ooh. Ooh. yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, morning dawns in Mirabar, the twenty-four of Uktar, I believe, and. Yeah, it's cold as shit. For those of you who are not tending your fire during the night, it is out and it is freezing in your room. You smell good breakfast smells coming from around the corner down the hallway. But as is, it's kind of miserable to get out of bed. Mm. I think Red is the last one out of his room. And I think there's even a moment where maybe the three of you are like waiting in the hall. Like, mm. you know, waiting for me yeah. to go. Just sipping a coffee. Red opens the door and looks at Jack and Kraloth and Doran. And it's just like, Morning. you can see his face. And he looks down. He's like, oh, who's this? And so this is Kieran. Uh, this is what Kieran looks like now. 
Oh, Kieran, you're beautiful. Kieran just wags their fan tail like oh. in a big, big slow arc. Okay, guys. So there's a new member of the team I want you to meet. And he opens the door, like, presenting, and you see he's sitting, like, upright in the center of the bed, and the bed is just, like, torn to shreds. You see this tiny little umber hulk, like, he's got this dark orange coat, and underneath he's got, like, this black sort of flesh between the chitinous plates, and he says, his name is Shale. Uh, Everybody get 30 feet back and don't look in the eyes. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I, I've bonded with him. He's he's perfectly safe. And I walk over and I like pick him up and he like claws a little bit and I'm like, ow, 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 ow. it's okay, Shale, it's okay. And I try to bring him over to you guys. Uh, that's that's um <laughs> okay. That's from the day of the wedding. We ran into those. Yes, and I know what you're thinking. Do you? Look, guys, it's going to be fine. I was reading up on this in Waterdeep. All we have to do is a certain number of steps on how to make sure he's safe and part of the family. But he won't be any trouble, I promise. And the minute he is, I'll leave. Uh, he'll leave. And nothing will change. I promise mm. you guys. You were reading a book about raising umber hulks in Waterdeep? Well, I mean reading a Book, you know, going to the library, talking to someone. It's all the same. Smash cut to Red walking through the city, and there's like a homeless guy being like, Oh, you never want to fight a dog. And Red's like, Here, here. And then it cuts back. <laughs> I'm imagining Red's list for how to raise an Umber Hulk is like an acrostic poem. You usually don't feed it your own body. M, midnight. Remember the first part. B, be yourself. The Umber Hulk will love you. <laughs> e. Everybody needs an Umber Hulk. <laughs> R. Red's Umber Hulk. <laughs> Guys, that's going to be fine. Look here. Here, Kraloth. And I hand the Umber Hulk to oh, Kraloth. It doesn't want to go. Oh, it's, it's afraid. Okay. It's okay. Well, no, uh, you know, I think I might know why. I mean, uh, I took one of those eggs, but I had a, a totally different intention when i took it it's kind of awkward look, it's he look he hugs right to my body and red like kind of cups him against him he like latches on to you with his mandibles and it's almost painful like, like calipers almost but yeah. he just kind of like hangs there and then red like wraps a little sheet around his waist and this thing is like attached to his body see look and red jumps up and down to like prove it totally fine won't impede me in any way huh. i wonder if umber hulk's care for their young up to a certain age. That's interesting. I hadn't ever really considered that. That's right. Huh. Jack, think of the knowledge base we're going to get here. This was one of our most intimidating Ooh. foes, and look how cute he is. Selling it. Selling it. Dorin, you like tough things? Uh. Look how tough Shale is. Shale's like, meh. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, sh I, hold on. Uh, Dorin, I didn't tell you his last name. It's Shale Ironfist. Oh, I see you're trying to buy my vote, eh? No, um, no, I just think, you know, he's got little fists, and, uh, and you know. So Doran's kind of standing there petting Kieran and listening to all this, and he just uh, says, well, wh wh what are you going to do with it once it's bigger? You know, what then? Are you going to... Doran, Doran, Doran. Classic. That's a problem for tomorrow. Today, we have an Umber Hulk, and that's all we need to worry about. Ah, uh, well, you know... I guess shame on me for thinking about what to worry about tomorrow or the day after that, but 
Look, I promise you, you're going to love him just as much as I do. Kraloth, you know how difficult it is to crush spices? Look at these little claws. They're so perfect. Mm, you know? Your own personal spice grinder. I'm in. It is difficult to crush spices. Hey! <laughs> See? <laughs> And Jack, the paper we can publish, you can publish, the paper you can write and no one will, the paper that you'll do from this will be better than Chaslov's stupid book about nothing. I mean, anything I'd write would, I know, listen, it's not, <laughs> I'm, if this is what's in your heart, Red, I'm not going to fight you on it. Uh, we should start our day. Dorin, little baby Iron Fist wants your approval. Oh, well, you don't need my approval and, uh. I just don't want to be responsible for it. I promise you I'll walk it every day and I'll feed it. I'm making it a vegetarian, just like all good pet owners forcing uh, dietary restrictions on their pets. Classic. Mm, <laughs> yes. The four, now five, now six of you, uh, including Kieran and, and Jackson. Shale. And Jackson. Jackson, the seven of you. Doran's got a parrot <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> just for this scene. <laughs> The next scene is... What the hell? He brushes it off. (laughs) What the hell? What the hell? What the hell? You head out into the common room and you are greeted by a sight that you missed through the darkness last night. It is beautiful and intimidating. The spine of the world is so close to Mirabar here. The snowy shoulders of this huge vast mountain range just crowns the horizon to the north of town that is going to be your destination later on and it it just is a beautiful setting for this very interesting town um so you guys enjoy some breakfast together kind of under the shadow of these mountains wow look at that guys it kind of reminds me of white fang you know before (laughs) they go on like that Huge. The Yukon or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. for the Golden Staircase. The Golden Staircase, yeah. Interesting. I'm actually reminded of when I was in um, Calgary, we went to um, a BC at night. Like we drove mm. over to the mountains at night, so we didn't see anything. And then in the morning, it was exactly that. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Like, boom. Mm-hmm. Here you are. Boom, the Rockies. Yep. They exploded? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They had that kind of presence. It was a, It was powerful. Yeah. This is where we're meeting Hargnath, right? Harshnag, yes. Harshnag. Hargnash. I, I, I figure if you say anything with enough it. conviction, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes you can get away with it. That's his name now. Harshnag. <laughs> yeah, there are a couple interesting shops across the street. You see the Heavy Bomb bookstore, which looks Ooh. especially exciting. Um, there's a florist called the Tasty Star. And actually, you see across the street um, the Magic Needle, the tailor shop oh. that you were bound for. So. After you finish up, you're free to go. I feel like Red is feeding pieces from the bowl, but he tends to like the mushrooms, you know, mm. like the, the fungi. So oh, sure. Yeah, I'm flavors. reading now about their diet, which is really fun. I'm really excited. It's rumored they digest precious metals, which I think could be really fun in a cool. dwarven town. I can see him like reaching out of my coat and trying to grab a diamond <laughs> off the... <laughs> well, he's especially attracted to Doran's shiny face from Start his morning Doran's application yeah. of uh, yeah. the diamond cream. They live for 50 years. What? what? Um, I think Doran scuttles into uh, the magic... What is it called? The, the magic. magic needle. <laughs> yes, the magic needle. Yeah, there's a tailor in there. He's just standing behind the counter. He's actually working on a mannequin right now. One of those like dress forms with a needle and thread getting some some dress just beautifully 
sculpted on this mannequin. I feel like Doran sort of scuttles in quickly and then briefly wipes his hands off and takes a more gradual stance. He says, uh, oh, well, good day to you, Taylor. Hi there. Welcome. Welcome to the Match Needle. I'm uh, Meta. Meta. Nice to meet you. And it's Meta, not Meta. Is that correct? Nice to meet you. You look like you're about a level seven adventurer. Yes. How can I get you outfitted? It's not just a clever name. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I've got some friends with me. And and we're going to be needing some some warm clothes, but now we're not going to be staying in town long. Do you think, how quickly can you work? I have some standard off-the-shelf type stuff that should fit all of you, no problem. Uh, Gear perfect. that would uh, allow you to automatically succeed on saving throws against effects of extreme cold. Well, that's exactly the type of clothing I'm looking for. Why don't you suit me up with that level of protection? Not a problem. And uh, in a jiffy, you are wearing... Layers of woolen clothing, heavy fur cloak. Hmm. Do you want some goggles or, or how do you feel about goggles? I think that would be kind of cool. Just standard like snow goggles. Oh, yeah. Let's get yeah. goggles. Fur-lined yeah. hat or hood, your preference. Hood. Some goggles <laughs> if you like them. And then fur-lined leather boots and gloves. So it's going to be 15 gold per person. Perfect. Easy. I'll dish it out. And uh, do you have anything for like a little, like a little dwarf baby? Just something, and I say this in a hushed tone, something for a little guy. Oh, yeah, no problem. I can get you set up with like a... Not too loud. Like a baby Bjorn Yes, that's perfect. Yes. And I reveal the Umber Hulk in my chest. He's like, those are chaotic evil. Yeah. Thank you. And I take the baby Bjorn from him and slide him five gold or whatever it is. Yeah, cool. So all together, that's, call it 75. Perfect. Mm -hmm. And Doran's got a warm hood up now and he looks at you with the Umber Hulk and he says, "Uh, oh, those things will real cause a problem with dwarves around here. You might want to keep them tucked away. And he kind of trails off as he walks outside. Uh, What do you mean? Why uh, why would I want to hide them? Shale is sweet. Oh, sure, sure, but they tend to eat minerals, and, uh, you know, they often caused problems when we were uh, growing up, especially with the tunnels, and it's certainly just something you want to keep out of sight for maybe some dwarves, and, and again, he kind of trails off and wanders outside. Does, do I detect that you're, like, upset by this, maybe? You can roll insight on him if you want. Yeah, can I roll insight on Doran? Yeah. Yeah, so I got 14. A 12. <laughs> what does he detect about your countenance? that there's something on my mind. I don't think you'd probably wouldn't suspect that it's specific to the Umber Hulk. As you walk out, and Doran, you know, if you, if you ever need to talk. No, and I think Doran kind of like looks at you for a second too long and then nods and, and walks back out. And Red looks down to Shale and he's like, we need to talk to him when we have a chance. <laughs> All right, let's go. Cool. You guys want to do anything else specific in town or should we just montage it away? Let's montage. Yeah. Montage. 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 I'm excited about Kieran playing in the snow. I know when it's a fresh snow, Louis goes batshit. So I'm imagining Kieran like runt, just galloping through a snowbank, like eating big mouthfuls of snow the way that dogs do. Yeah. Like playing catch with a snowball kind of. Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining also getting him an adorable sweater. Obviously. For the cold weather gear. He's going to need some doggy boots. (laughs) Yeah, you guys take a look around. So none of you have ever been to Mirabar then, hey? Or at least you're all pretending not to have been? Red definitely has. Correct. Yeah, I don't think so. It's it's pretty out of the way. It 
becomes clear to those of you who didn't know initially, maybe Jack knew this just as a matter of, you know, being fairly worldly in terms of geography and, you know, urban areas and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But there is a city below this city. Mm. So the surface level is more largely populated by humankind. So there are a couple of like half elves and a couple of halflings, but largely dominated by humans. You do see dwarves around, but the city below Mirabar, the like lower level, is a dwarven city. Oh, I feel like Doran would have known that. Yeah, definitely. So there are like subway entrances. You know how Mm -hmm. there's like big stairwells that lead down into the ground? Around the city, you'll encounter those here and there that lead down into the lower levels of Mirabar. Well, that's kind of fun. There's Mm -hmm. a... Just because there, there's something that, that's really incongruous about like, yeah, yeah, fantasy city with subway entrances is just kind of a neat <laughs> yeah, vision. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you venture underground at all, but you're welcome to if you just want to see the sights. Maybe Doran kind of explains that. As oh, yeah, do it. We're kind of walking and, and Jack and Doran are kind of like a little bit more knowledgeable about this. Mm-hmm. So now that we've got, uh, you know, our, our nice winter clothing on, um, you know, and we don't have to worry about uh, where we come out. Would you would you care to venture down into the uh, into the lower city? Do you think they'd let us? Well, they'd let me. No, there is no. Mm. I'm dying to have a look at how they support it all with the. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing with the pillars and the, the natural stalactites and stalagmites. Oh, it's something to see. Now, be mindful. Uh, like I was saying there, Red, just uh, watch that Umber Hall, okay? Not all dwarves are as open as I am about this stuff. Oh, uh, of course. Yeah. Red's obviously a bit protective and just like covers up his shirt. So mm-hmm. you guys do like a brief tourist's exploration of the underground city of Mirabar. You find yourselves in these lit residential caverns that are home to hundreds of dwarves. Then there are also industrial kind of neighborhoods within these caverns huge pillars supporting these vast ceilings containing superheated forges and foundries that are just churning out smoke and fire operating day and night and then you see you know tunnels and minecart trains that all lead to the mines in the north carrying minerals, precious stones and coal. Doran and Jack like geeking out about the foundry and how they get all mm-hmm. the ore here and how they process it all and Kraloth and Red are just like whistling, looking around, being like, alright, can we move on? No, Red is hanging back like explaining everything to Shale, huh? but just what, what he makes up, he's like, these are giant buckets. The dwarves slept in these when they uh-huh. rode them around on those rails. <laughs> and the little Umber Hulk is reaching out trying to grab a diamond from the bucket and he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Kraloth is actually more uh, interested than you expect, Jack. Mm. He's looking around and he's he's taking in the information and and nodding. And uh, you you catch him at one point as these a couple dwarves are having a conversation between themselves, not in common. Kraloth is like squinting, trying to understand what they're saying, and uh, and then just carries on. Just you know, every now and then, like lending his ear, or leaning out to see what's. Yeah. Listen for what's happening. Not to be too big, but Doran, I would say, is sort of leading the party. And then there's Jack and Kralos, like, you know, next to each other and, and Red pulling off the rear talking to Shale. Mm-hmm. And as Doran's walking along, the, you hear sort of like a vibe of people whispering Iron Fist. He, like, every now and then you'll hear kind of like <gasps> the sparkle of the name. 
and, and Doran sort of raises a hand and waves as he passes by people that might recognize him or, or at least his steel. I wouldn't say that you hear people like ex- like excitedly no. heralding your coming. No, but like no. a couple of times as you're doing this tour, like mm-hmm. a dude will walk up to you and clap you on the shoulder and be like, Hey, you're an Iron Fist. How's it going? And this is like someone who you did yeah. business with 30 years ago who's yeah. now stationed in nearby. Like you're well known as a craftsperson, but you're not like a celebrity. No, no. But then, but you know, and you'll look over and you see like one one blacksmith whisper, oh, that's Iron Fist over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely the one. among. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> definitely among the craftspeople. And, and here you are down <laughs> among the dwarven artisans. So there are also actually, interestingly enough, like these huge brass cisterns that are being used right now to brew beer and to distill hard liquor. So there's like a brewery district as well and all the Mm. smells that are accompanying an operation of that size. So it's definitely a cool place to be. You guys spend an afternoon here just poking around and, you know. Jack has been like trying to get a hold of a couple of words he sees to decipher what place is what and what he's hearing and trying to get a handle of the language he doesn't speak. Oh, (laughs) and for once... Doran is like, no, it's pronounced Agricara. Oh, but why would they conjugate it that way? Oh, I, like I, you know, there's, there's, there's a little yeah. bit of like, okay, the script is kind of similar to Giant, and I kind of get that one down, but there's a little bit of trying to wrap my brain around it. Love it. And you got to get that sound. Rah, rah. That's it. Rah. It's in the back of the throat. Yeah, I wouldn't, have, I couldn't have got there before. You're right. You sort of rolls forward. Rah. <laughs> and Kraloth does it, and he does it like perfectly. Hmm. Is that, is that it? It's like that, right? Wow. Oh, normally I don't hear the comments people speak like that. I think you got a you got an ear for this one. Yeah, I don't know, Doran. There's something very familiar about all of this. It's oh, really? Your backstory holds many mysteries. And then Red walks up and he's like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Is it for a ball? "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> um, just just totally off topic here. Harlan, does Red groom himself like cats do, like with his tongue and stuff? Probably not. No. Okay. I was thinking it would be really funny if you were coughing up a furball. Yeah, I think we made that joke before. But I think almost if Red did it, it would be tongue-in-cheek. Because cats still exist in this world. And he knows how, like, he kind of gets... It's like, you know, it's he gets mistaken for it the same way people are like tabaxis or cats. He's like, listen, I'm not, but whatever. But maybe, but maybe if you're like, when you're injured, you're instinctively lick the wound. The only time, I mean, not to get too into it, but the only time you've ever seen red act animalistic is usually when he's like hung over or super tired. There is a lot about him specifically in the way that he acts. And even the way his like ears are removed and his tail is removed that he seems to try to fight against the idea of appearing as an animal. And there is more to that that is just not necessary to get into now. But no, he does distinctly try not to appear feline or Mm. animalistic when he can. He tries to act, for lack of a better word, human. Mm. The sun is setting. Evening's coming on. Are you guys staying here one more night, anticipating to meet up with Harshnag tomorrow? Yeah. I think that makes sense. He's meeting us in Mirabar, right? Well, he's meeting you outside of Mirabar. He does yeah. not enter any city except for Waterdeep. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think Jack might send him a letter with like a map attached showing like, okay, here's this place outside. We'll meet you at whatever time. Seven bells. Love to see Harshnag read that. Fine. <laughs> I, just, I remember Harshnag being such like a, okay. He's very... <laughs> yeah. Not like of, a shit, but like kind of like a... man of few words. You know, it's just like this letter comes... Jack Page from the Nightstone 4 will be meeting you here at this time. He's Requests just like, your attendance. okay, 
just crushes it yeah. and puts it away. Yeah. I don't know. Also, Red, you're going to be able to know if there are any giants within a five-mile radius. So yeah, you're going to be able to figure the, out where But whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Red's busy. He's got. He's like hung back, and, and he's got the Umber Hulk out, and he's like digging a little bit into the cave wall, and he's like nervously looking at the others to make sure they can't see. He's like, okay, okay, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. Like puts them back away. <laughs> cool, cool. I think on this night, it's like being in a new city. Last night was just refuge and and get food and and this night i say we like have asked around and there's like nice places to eat like the true dwarven cultural experience or something like that or, or we should do like a fine dining we've never done a fine dining well that's it's what so I'm funny at. that you fine say dining. that because i invented a fine dining restaurant i love hey. it perfect mirabar is the richest city in Faerun. Wow. By far. Oh, really? Wow. Um, it doesn't have all the glitz and glamour and nobility of Waterdeep. Everywhere, at least. It is very heavy on the fortifications. And during your time walking around the city today, you've noticed that like the walls are very thick. The city is built up on a hill. Like There's a ton of guards walking around but it, there aren't any like carriages carrying people going to parties. So it doesn't have that like weird upper class type feel mm. to it. But as far as commerce goes, Mirabar has all of the riches coming in from the mountains and that collaboration with the dwarves hand in hand, that this is the place where people go if they want to make a lot of money wow. fast. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You find a very swanky looking, almost like modern uh-huh. restaurant that's called the Admired Bite. Oh, let's go home and dress up a little bit. I still have my clothes from the wedding. I'd like to look nice for dinner. I could do a fancy dinner. And Doran's clearly in a better mood than he was earlier, Red. A little time underground really yeah. takes the edge off. Yeah, I think Red runs back to the room. Yeah, Kraloth follows as well, very eager to try out some new dishes. Mm-hmm. You are sat by some very attentive wait staff. There is linen on the tables. Uh, you are offered a paper menu for the first time, maybe in your entire lives. Wow. You see that they are offering salted deer and almond bread wow. that's being paired with a mug of bitter. I think Red looks nice too. Like his his fur is combed back and he's wearing like a frilly shirt. But like five minutes has passed before he looks to Jack and he's like, can you just ask Kieran if Shale is okay? I'm a bit nervous. You know, I haven't been away from Shale yet. And like, like they're the baby. Like I think, I think like Kieran they're and watching Jackson them. Shale is Shale. fine. It's gonna it's be like okay. the baby at home cliche. Like, okay, okay, okay. I can relax. I would like to try everything on this menu, please. (laughs) Well, let's have the experience. I think that would be good. Let's all get everything on the menu and everybody can try a bit of everything. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you guys go to town, you do the wine and ale tastings, you do the dwarven spirit flights, you do like the whole chef's course, like there's a seven course situation. Wow. It's going to run you guys probably 200 gold. It's, It's steep. Pretty pricey. Yeah. Worth it. You know what? Why not? When in Mirabar? We got those vultures for free. We got 280 gold from them. Between the 75 gold that we lost for the cold winter clothing and then the 200 we're going to spend at dinner, that leaves us five extra for tip. (laughs) 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 It could be the last time we get together before uh, we're all smushed by the ordning. Way to put that lightly, Doran. Absolutely. You have to live it up sometimes. You're right. right. You're not wrong. 
The standout course for many of you is a dish of baked phoenix with leeks mm. and a glass of rosé. Is it charred? <laughs> no. Is it like the opposite? It starts off as ashes and then they like light it on fire. It's very and a conceptual. That's cool. <laughs> oh, okay, there's good. like some weird gastronomy, yeah. molecular gastronomy going on here. Oh yeah. Cool. It's like raw. They don't have like a phoenix firm <laughs> somehow. Who's the chef? The chef here, the waiter, is very proud to tell you, is Dugal Schwerkman. Oh, He sounds like a Sferf Neblin. <laughs> Maybe he's a grade... A wait. grade dwarf. No, those are... Uh, what are they called? No, Sferf Neblin are the grade Durgar. gnomes, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. No, this this guy is a... He's a human. Durgar would be fucking dope, though. Wow. Durgar making some shit. He walks through the dining room invisible, just listening <laughs> to people eat. Oh, that's brilliant. Here's right beside your table when you say anything yep. out of line. He's this is a bit too salty. <laughs> and when someone likes it, he appears. It's me, the chef. I'd like to propose a toast, boys. All right. You know, we've made it this far. And I think we're just about to head off to the next big chunk of this journey, at least information-wise, speaking to the Oracle, you know. Mm. I just want to say that a crazy bit of circumstance has befallen us. We have landed in each other's laps. And we've walked this path together for long, enough for me to feel like we are, for lack of a better word, family. And I want to toast each of you, my brothers, Hmm. and let you know that I would and will put my life on the line for each of you. And Red raises his glass and sort of toasts everybody. Hmm. May the Oracle see at least something bright in our future. Hear, hear. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. And may we all... Not die in a slaughtery, fiery death of sorts. That's what I was trying to say, yep. What a lovely little toast to end the night. Thank you once again to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Christopher Ryan Evans, Merlin, Mitchell Cadwell, Colin Burkhart, Daniel, Doug, Jessica Orrit, Mari Kaneski, and Katie Orrit. See you soon! Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.